You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A pleasure to be back on board once again. As ladies and gentlemen, it has been six wins in a row for this club. We are in the midst of a six-pack, baby. Yes, indeed, the Wild win all three games. I had them going 2-1 and one just because I figured they can't win them all. And, you know, the Wild has struggled at times in Nashville. They didn't struggle in Nashville. Um, the hope was that the Wild get to Patrick Rene because they've done it before. He's one of those guys. He, he can be so good, and then all of a sudden he'll give up five goals. And he did that in the past against Bruce Boudreaux last year. But, unfortunately, the Predators did uh, prevail in that series which then again gave us Bruce Boudreaux. I still remember watching all last year when the, when the, when the Anaheim Ducks started so bad. I had a sneaky feeling, maybe, just maybe, this big-name star coach over there might be available by the end of the season. And then there's your move. There's there's the, there's the great move for this franchise. And, yep, it happened. <laughs> it's, it's weird how you can see things develop at times. And there we go. Uh, Sunday, December the 11th, a game that I kind of stepped out in good faith that the Wild would win. A, a home game against the St. Louis Blues. They've played well against them in the past. They struggled earlier in the season, but still were in the game the whole way. Uh, the Wild have beaten Jake Allen several times in the past, particularly in the postseason. We've talked about that many times. The Wild end up winning the game 3-1, to one, but who do you think scored the one goal for St. Louis? Just, just take one guess. Of course it was Vladimir Tarasenko. Of course it was, right? But uh, there you go, uh, Matt Dumba firing that shot. It was pretty much like a it was like a coast to coast type of play. Zach Parisi obviously kind of leading the pass forward. Nice little forward pass up to Matt Dumba. And he just basically went on the attack and then launched the shot towards Jake Allen. Put the wild up one nothing very early in the first period. Nino Niederreiter scoring much closer to the net <laughs> about eight minutes later, or actually seven minutes later. And then Tarasenko with a spectacular play. I mean just kind of a a wrister from the side there. Nice angle, well-angled shot, and it's almost like nothing you can do. 14th goal of the season for him to make it 2-1 to one wild. And then Mikhail Granlund finished things off. Mikhail Granlund has just been unbelievable the past few weeks. Man, uh, puts the wild up 3-1 to one with the empty netter. Just basically made a move, forced a turnover, and then just put a perfect shot literally right down the middle Right down the middle, it couldn't have been better from more than like from past the center line. Spectacular uh, shot, and yes, I know it's an empty net, but the fact it was as accurate as it was, that was pretty impressive, <laughs> to be quite honest. Prosser getting a second point of the year, good for him, and then Stahl, of course, assisting on that one. Suter, ha- Suter, and Halla adding in the assists category with the uh, Niederreiter goal. But this was a very uh, encouraging game. I mean, Devin Dubnik was what he's been all year, absolutely a stone wall. Just keeping the Wild ahead, and obviously the Wild defense in general, awesome. The St. Louis defense, awesome as well. But the Wild, just just more opportune in this game. And Jake Allen, not as good as Devin Dubnik. The teams combined only only put the puck on net 47 times combined. So not a whole lot of shots on net. But of course, there were scoring chances that, obviously, that, that missed, unfortunately, for both parties. Uh, so this puts the season series at a tie, even though it's been through three games. Why is that? Because, well, uh, you had a shootout loss and a win for uh, St. Louis. Well, actually, St. Louis is the lead. Yeah, I'm, I'm being stupid. Uh, it's not a tie. <laughs> St. Louis is still in the lead, but it is now 1-1-1 one, one, and one for the clubs in this one. Um, ultimately, yes, we're St. Louis. Yeah, the Wild 1-1-1 one, one, and, one, and St. Louis. See, it sounds even for us, but St. Louis 2 
and 1, basically, in this category. 2-1-0 and oh in the category uh, for the wins and losses. So St. Louis still in the lead, but luckily the Wilds still have two more games to play, and they're both at home January the 26th and March the 7th. I like the way the Wild have played against St. Louis this season, and they're going to have to play well against them. Uh, Mike Yo will be the head coach next year, but uh, you, you look at the standings after all the games involved, and you feel you, you, you come out feeling so good. I mean, it's just crazy. The Wild have 38 points. The St. Louis Blues have 38 points. They're tied for sen- second place in the Central Division, trailing only the Chicago Blackhawks for the top seed in the Western Conference. Unbelievable. Um, it sucks to see Chicago playing as well as they are because, it, you know, they, they've just stayed ahead this whole time. Every time you think the Wild might gain a little ground on them, no, Blackhawks just keep winning, unfortunately. But uh, the Wild gained a little bit of ground during this win streak, but not as much as you'd hope. Uh, we'll take it, though. I mean, 12 points for the Wild in <laughs> in six games. Just It is an unbelievable feeling. A team that was barely above 500 not that long ago, at 11 and 8 now they're 17 and 8 and one of the top teams in the entire NHL the Bruce Boudreaux the Bruce if I hopefully said it right Bruce Boudreaux style is starting to take over this team and it's beautiful um yes the Wild did not have an elite scorer on the team but it seems like everybody's just better now and it feels so amazing and it's so exciting to see I mean what point of the season did what was it last year when Mikhail Granlin had his 20th point Seriously, it is December, <laughs> today is December 17th, we're going to play the Arizona uh, Arizona Cardinals, right, the Arizona Coyotes, very shortly, but uh, my God, it is December 17th and Mikhail Granlin already has 20 points, it is just the most unbelievable feeling, uh, Nino Niederreiter also 20 points, you're also in a situation, we'll talk about him in a little bit too in the following games here, uh, Jonas Brodeen has 13 points already, and of course he'd been struggling, but with uh, Christian Follin back, it seems like Brodine is kind of getting back in gear, even though he only plays with Follin a little bit, he's still stuck with Dumba, unfortunately. That's the one thing I'm not understanding too much, because <laughs> because Brodine and Follin have been, were, were a perfect combination this year, and that's what allowed Brodine to be the second leading scorer among wild defensemen. He's actually projected to have 37 points this year. That is unheard of for Jonas Brodine. A guy who's scoring 20 points is considered like, wow, that's not bad. 37 points for Jonas Brodine. That is just unbelievable. Um, I couldn't be happier. You have guys like uh, Granlin on, on pace for like 57. Nita Ryder also 20 points on pace for 57 points on the year. Coyle on pace for about 60. Stahl 65-ish. Wow, I mean, all, all these guys are stepping up. Like Eric Stahl is back to the guy he was with Carolina. Not the 100-point superstar he was when they won the Stanley Cup, but he's back to being the solid 60-plus point Eric Stahl, a top-line center in this league. Not an, all, like, not an elite like superstar, but a all-star caliber type of player still with the Wild, and just fantastic. Um, we, we, we couldn't be happier. It's cool how he lulls goalies to sleep and makes nice moves, but also his passing ability, excellent as well. You have Suter, Granlund, and Stahl leading the team in assists with 13. Jason Zucker. I mean, all these guys stepping up under Bruce Boudreaux. Um, just the the excellence you're seeing out of out of these players. And, of course, they're not, again, not superstars. But what is the sign of a good coach? It's getting the best out of your players. It's that simple. And Bruce Boudreaux is doing that. I, I, I'm just very pleased with how things are going. Uh, Zach Parisi's improved a bit, thank God. <laughs> But no, I mean, in general, you're getting the best out of players that in the past you didn't really get. You got inconsistency. You had nice moments, but then they drop off. You didn't see this from Mikhail Granlund in the past years. And yes, Nino Niederreiter and Mikhail Granlund are up for contract extensions. And of course, that's always going to be part of it. But Charlie Coyle, again, is continuing to move into the direction that we've always hoped he'd be. A 60 to 70 point uh, player and maybe a 30 goal guy this year. He's on pace for 28 goals, so hopefully he can step that up a little bit. He needs a multi-goal game again. <laughs> He's had like one of them so far. He, he needs to have one of those huge hat-trick type games. And don't be surprised if Zach Parisi has one of those in the not-too-distant future. <clears throat> so let's move on to Florida. The Wild host the Florida Panthers, Tuesday, December the 13th. And the good news is Roberto Luongo just, he hates Excel Energy Center. And of course, you remember that had wonderful series back in the Wild history in 2003. The Wild make a comeback from three games to one and they fry Roberto Luongo. Same thing happened to him against the Boston Bruins in the Cup Finals with Vancouver in 2011. 
Jason Pominville with two assists in the game. Strong. Uh, Devin Dubnik, elite level again. Um, but the Wilds score five goals in this game. Uh, Eric Stahl playing very well against another <laughs> against a team he's beaten in the past. But how nice was it to see Zacharisi net his fifth goal of the season? So back-to-back point games for Zacharisi in this case. Fifth goal of the season, Pominville and Brodeen. So now the, the line's continuing to shuffle. You got Stahl, Pominville, and Parisi at this point, And they're playing well together. It's not bad. So you, you broke up the original group of Coyle and such. And now Coyle's with, he was with Eric Halla at one point when Eric Halla scored his fifth goal of the season. But usually Coyle's with Koivu and Niederreiter. In this case, Halla was at center. So just making things very interesting there. Bruce Boudreau always shuffling the lines during the games. Um, I like the stahl and Parisi line. It, it's interesting, actually. But Stahl is helping them play better, to be quite honest. And Pominville, multi-point game here, which is great. You had two goals by the top line, and then you had three goals by the second line. Like, Halla was <laughs> on the second line when he scored his fifth goal of the season, which is nice. We appreciate that. Um, Koivu kind of shuffling around. Then you had Zucker again. That that guy is just an unbelievable passer. And you have Granlin and Zucker with Koivu. I mean, that is a beautiful line when those guys play together. Um, just, whew. Oh, oh man. Um, the, the passing is just insane. Of course, there's always the whole talk about too much passing, but in this case, the passes were great, and they helped players finish on these one-timers. Just unbelievable plays, and, and that's usually what the setup is on that second line. You see a lot of one-timers because of nice slide passes from Zucker and Granlin, Koivu finishing or Zucker finishing. Uh, Granlin rarely scores, but he does have six goals on the year, so we'll take it. His are usually more the crazy, like getting really close and wrapping the puck around the goalie. Or bouncing off someone's skate, you know, stuff like that. that that's a Granlin goal. <laughs> Whereas Zucker and Quavo are those those rifle uh, one-timers off of spectacular passes from the Zuckers and the Granlins. Um, it's it's a it's a beautiful line to watch the the second line. Quavo is in the Quavo is about what he's always been pretty much. He has 16 points so far on the season. Um, see, I mean, it's nice that it's nice that you have other players besides Quavo leading this team. <laughs> at this point, because I mean, when Koivu led the Wild in scoring last year, it just told you it's not, something's not right. You know, there, there should be uh, other players need to step up, and they were so far behind until uh, John Torchetti took over. He got a lot of offense out of certain players like Halla. He got Granlin back rolling again, Nita Ryder, Zucker for a short stretch, but now Zucker looks like a kind of guy. It would suck to lose him. Um, he's really, really developed those, those passing skills that he didn't have a couple years ago. He's always had the speed and the, explos- the explosiveness but and the ability to score and such, but not necessarily at a spectacular level. And you had very little passing, very little playmaking from Jason Zucker. Now you're adding that to the mix to go along with the scoring, and he's become a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful left winger for our Minnesota Wild. It's just been a wonderful uh, situation there. This was just an overall fun game. The Wild go up 5 nothing. Obviously, uh, Parisi, Halla, Stahl with a really nice goal. I really liked Stahl's there. That was cool. And he had this determination on his face. Great pass from Hammondville, I have to re- I have to add, by the way. Um, <laughs> I just love that look of determination on Stahl's face when he scored that one. Uh, but again, this was just a, just a goal-scoring party for the Wild. Roberto Luongo expressing extreme frustration, slamming his stick down on a numer uh, on a on a <laughs> on a numerous basis. I I don't blame him. Um, why the Panthers put him in there? I don't know. Why this team has messed with why this uh, why that organization has messed with a, a pretty damn good hockey team? I have no idea. Um, luckily for them, Yarmer Yager is still there, but they're kind of wasting his final years, and that that's too bad. Though um, so maybe he'll play another 10 years. No, I don't know about that. But they're wasting his final years. I wouldn't be too surprised if the Florida Panthers end up trading him to a competitor. Maybe the Wild. You never know. Maybe the Wild are that team. I, I kind of doubt it, but eh, who knows? It depends on what happens. Maybe he'll go to the New York Rangers again, though I don't recommend that. <laughs> Penguins, oh, that would be kind of cool to see him back with Pittsburgh. It could be something like that. Um, one final one final crack at a Stanley Cup, like when he went to was traded to Boston a few years ago. Unfortunately, they lost that series to the hated Blackhawks, much to everybody's chagrin in this town and in Boston at that stage. But uh, fun little game. Uh, the Wild just taking advantage of situations. Um, James Raymer came in at one point. It was Roberto Luongo giving up five goals and only 17 shots. Dubnik stopping 29 of 30 overall. We'll take it. Absolutely great. Uh, Dylan McElrath, the first, uh, his first goal of the season, 
for Florida with, with with less than five minutes remaining, just to get them on the board. Kind of a shame as he as Dubnik lost the shootout again, but because he would he should have like about seven already this year. <laughs> but it is what it is. We're we're stuck at where we're at with that one. Uh, so let's move on to the Nashville game. Just another just another frenzy here. I mean, five to two. Are are you kidding me? It looked a little scary late in that third period because the uh, our first period because the Nashville Predators kind of started catching up, but uh, or actually it was early in the second, but what a fun little game. Uh, put Jonas Burdine back on the power play. He finishes again. This was a great shot, by the way. Uh, just right past Patrick Rene. Granlin again, a nice feed over to Brodeen. Uh, but at the same time, this is more of just setting, just just getting the puck on that when you went to the defenseman, of course. But it was a nice shot, and that's what's important. Take advantage of a guy's shot on the power play when you have Ryan Suter out there the whole time, and he's the one shooting the puck. You're not going to get anywhere because he doesn't have much of a shot. That's not really his game. He'll score goals, sure, on occasion, but not that much. He's more of a you know he's a power play quarterback. Not not a power play finisher, but Brodeen can be that way, or he can at least help set up goals with that powerful shot that can that can create juicy rebounds for the Granlins, the Koivus, uh, Parisis, or whoever. You get the idea, Charlie Coyle. Coyle. Coyle's not afraid to get dirty. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, Ryan Ellis tied things up right away, actually. Unfortunately for us, this might have been one of the softer goals, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, the Mike Fisher shot later on, that was a great shot, though. I mean, I, I, hate, I hated it. That's what was in the second period, which made the game 3-2. to two. I'm just going to talk about that one now. It was perfectly placed, perfect angle, ro- over the shoulder. The It would be the left shoulder of uh, Devin Dubnik. My goodness. I could, <laughs> the angle of that shot was scary. <clears throat> but it is what it is. Charlie Coyle getting his 10th goal of the year. Stahl, his 8th. And now you have Niederreiter and Halla. Yep, so those guys playing together again. Interesting how the line keeps shuffling. Um, I guess Coyle has been down on the third line. But it's nothing It's nothing like a punishment of any sort. It's like interchangeable with those three lines right now. Nothing's really wrong with any of them. Uh, that's for sure. You've had Koivu, Granlin, and Zucker. So that line actually has kind of stayed where it is for the most part. Niederreiter and uh, uh, Coyle helping out Eric Halla down there on the third line. But nothing wrong with that. Coyle's the leading goal scorer. He was able to finish after Niederreiter set up a nice rebound. And that was good. It was actually a great pass, now that I'm remembering. <laughs> it was a great pass from uh, Niederreiter. Kind of a centering pass from behind the net. And Coyle finishing 10th goal of the season. Eric Stahl, his 8th goal, also from Niederreiter. Niederreiter getting a couple assists in just a, in just less than, a, less than 30 seconds. Stahl scoring right away. Eighth goal of the year, making us all quite excited. Stall with a couple goals this past week. And then he also added the empty netter later on. <laughs> Nashville trying to get, trying to be aggressive. Making it, uh, well, it was only a 3-2 to two game. Luckily, Devin Dubnik was really on his, on his game the entire way as Nashville got very aggressive down the stretch. And understandably, of course, Trying their best. Uh, the Wild only managing 17 shots on goal in this game, yet managed to finish uh, with three goals on Patrick Rene. And then a couple of empty netters later on. We, we, we're very thankful for that. But Devin Dubnik definitely helped the Wild win this game. And a very deserving top star of the game for the Wild. It was really all about Devin Dubnik because it became a situation where, huh, well, Dubnik gave up two goals. And this Nashville team is better than their record at this stage. But luckily for the Wild, Devin Dubnik was was what he's been all year. He was a stone wall down the stretch, thankfully, and the Wild take advantage of it and end up finishing with two goals in the empty net situation with Nashville in that third period. Eric Stahl with his ninth goal of the season. Charlie Coyle getting that assist and then Parisi feeding one to Mikhail Granlund. Another empty netter for Granlund. <laughs> he's got about four of those this year, but hey, he'll take them. Seven goals on the season for Mikhail Granlund. How cool is that? Um... How can you not be happy for him? And that's his 20th point officially to go with his 13 assists. Just nice little stat stuffers at the end there. We, we appreciate it very much. Uh, the score obviously much more lopsided than the game itself, but the Wild clearly the better team out of these two at this point because you have a goalie that's up for the challenge in a huge way. And Devin Dumnik is definitely the MVP of this club <laughs> down the stretch. But uh, overall, wonderful performance by this team. And you know what? You have to win battles to get those empty net goals. It's not just luck. It's not just, oh, it's an empty net or a big deal. No, you have to win the battle to get it. 
Um, and luckily, Stahl and Granlin able to do so. Uh, yeah, I mean, because they're going to be attacking you like crazy, you know, as you would know in common sense, that uh, they, they, they are going to stop you at all costs because the game's over once you score. So it's that situation. Luckily, the Wild able to break loose twice in that situation. <laughs> Peter Laviolette, of course, getting aggressive there, pulling the goalie and leaving him out with a 4-2 score. I mean, it's like, I mean, what the hell can you do anyway? I mean, you're down by two goals, so give it a chance. Unfortunately, they ended up giving up two goals when it was 3-2, to two, down to 5-2, to two, so uh, made the score look uglier than it was. Luckily, not uh, goals against for Mr. Patrick Rene, so not as bad as it could have been at the end of the day. So there you go. The Wild survive. A trip on the road to Nashville, which has not always been a, a pleasantry, but the Wild again, yep, uh, with a six-game win streak, a three-game sweep here, and it is uh, just f- phenomenal to come home. Two, two, two home victories, and then you go on the road and win in Nashville. It doesn't get much better than that. So let's pass out the awards. The Mike Madonna Award for this week? Oh, man. Mikhail Granlund, he's just been so good. He's been so good. And Devin Dubnik, obviously, honorable mention. He's probably going to be an honorable mention for the rest of time, for the rest of the season, the way he's doing. But Mikhail Granlund is going to get the Mike Madonna Award. I mean, his his surgence of late has been awesome. He has been so valuable for this team. Nice defensive plays. He's been aggressive. And he, and his passing is just it's, it's better than anybody on the team. Um, for the longest time, Cuevo was the best passer. But it's, it's, it's Granlund now, without a doubt. Uh, Zucker, obviously... Always, a, he's he's been an honorable mention the last couple of weeks, and last week he did get it finally. Uh, but uh, Grandland will get it. As for the James Shepard Memorial, it's kind of hard to really pass that out. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, right now, I don't really have one. I mean, I the, I can't really complain about anybody at this point. I mean, the fourth line. It's sad that they don't score goals. Like, you know, Stewart gets in a lot of fights and he's able to survive those. Uh, Gray Avak doesn't score very often. And then you have Gabriel out there, you know, getting aggressive in fights. It was cool how he was able to stand up to, to, to Reeves out there. That's basically what they are, though. They're fourth line. I mean, there's nothing to complain about them, though. They don't make mistakes. And that's why they're all still at the NHL level. Um... I can't really complain about anybody particularly. It's kind of a bummer. Marco Scandella never factors in the scoring. It's kind of weird how they put... Uh, how That's the only thing I'm kind of confused of is how, uh, how Boudreaux has Foline and Scandella together. I don't know. You're not going to generate any scoring out of that pair. So, I don't know. You'd think maybe you put Scandella and uh, Dumba back together. That was a pretty good combination about a year or two ago. And then, of course, Foline and Brodine, as good as it gets. I mean, I mean, they, they rival Suter and Spurgeon at this stage. The, you're never going to break those two up. But then again, of course, you do once in a blue moon. But not generally speaking, breaking them up is almost like sacrilege. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know. I would have Foline and Brodine back together again. I, I, that's the one one tiny complaint. So there's no James Tepper Memorial. It's just that. That's my little minor complaint for things right now. Other than that, we will take a quick break. We'll come back and preview a couple games, I guess four to be exact, leading up into next Saturday. We'll be back right after this. Preview segment, check up also on the prospects, and we'll also have a little bit of feedback on the Facebook page, so that'll be nice, just a little bit, but it's good to hear from them again, from those from somebody out there again. Uh, so the Minnesota Wild will host the Arizona Coyotes, and it's just a couple hours for me at this point, December the 17th, Saturday, December the 17th, Arizona struggling a bit, they've been playing a little better of late, but still very much out of the playoff picture. Radim Verbeda leading the way for the Arizona... I keep wanting to call him Cardinals. It's driving me crazy. Too much football in my mind right now. And I like hockey more than football, so (laughs) go figure. Uh, Leading the way there with 20 points. A team that's still struggling with scoring. Um, That's been that way forever. Uh, Dave Tippett's still the coach, and I've always liked him. Very defensive-minded guy. I would have liked him to coach the Wild if the Wild weren't lucky enough to get uh, Mr. 
Bruce Boudreaux and say if Arizona got impatient and let him go, why why they'd consider it his fault, although this team isn't doing much. Well, it's beyond me there. It's definitely the front office. Uh, they picked up Alex Goligoski in the offseason. Kind of cool to see him there. Better he's there than in Dallas, I suppose. One goal, 11 assists along the way. Mike Smith's significantly better this year so far. And my God, he looks he, he looks like Devin Dubnik, doesn't he? Just a few years older. Of course, he was the guy who was the starter when Devin Dubnik was traded to the Minnesota Wild for a third-round pick. One of the better trades in franchise history. Uh, the Wild haven't had a whole lot of good trades, but that was one of them. Uh, Mike Smith down to 2.59 goals against average. I mean, it's a lot better than that 314 or so he's been at the last couple of years. He, he's definitely been an accomplished uh, goalie in the league. One one note, though, that i got to mention. I, I, I was digging around the other day. I, I believe it was the mid-2000s, around uh, like 2006-ish. Would you believe this? Mike Smith was on the Houston Arrows, you know, the Minnesota Wilds uh, affiliate. How crazy is that? How about that for a uh, an urban legend? Mike Smith was actually in the Wild system for a year, years ago. So he could have been a, the, the Wilds goalie at one point. But, of course, Nicholas Backstrom was just getting started with the Wild at about age 28. <clears throat> Similar to where Dubnik is now, a guy just entering his prime. So kind of cool there. Just interesting to imagine. I mean, Mike Smith was probably, how old would he have been about that? Maybe like 20, he would have been in his earlier 20s, like 24-ish. So not ready for the big time yet, but went on to have a fairly successful career. He's been a starting goalie for a while. It's just interesting. Interesting note. Maybe he could have been a nice backup, but again, the wild at Josh Harding. So it's just kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mike Smith really had nowhere to go. That might be a situation with Alex Stalock, depending on what happens with uh, Darcy Kemper in the future. And of course, uh, Steve McCulloch, we'll talk about him a little bit uh, a little bit later. Those guys really doing well down in the minor leagues, i got to mention. Uh, Wild, back back to where we need to be. Shane Doan still playing. I mean, my God, do you think he'd be retired by now? He's, he's been around since this team was the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the real Winnipeg Jets with the better logo than this Labatt Blue-looking thing they have right now. <laughs> the Jet looks cool, but that's it. The rest of the logo is boring and the uniforms. I, I don't like them, and I don't like this Jets team at all. They're... Yeah, they're, uh, it, it's a nice rivalry developing. I appreciate that, but uh, they're, they're a chippy team. I've never I've been liked them at all since they started. Definitely completely different than the Atlanta Thrashers were, who were all offense, no defense in the past in the Danny Heatley days. Okay, I'm really bouncing all over the place. It's just interesting to think there's a Winnipeg Jet still in the NHL, and that's Shane Doan. He's the Mike Madonna of this franchise. Um, he's hung on forever. Only nine points in the season, though. He's <laughs> ancient, obviously. The Wilds should win this game. Let's get to the point here. The Wild should win this game. Um, yep, he is 40 years old. <laughs> the Elkirk, Alberta native Shane Doan, the last Winnipeg Jet in existence. Um, the Wild should be able to beat the Arizona Coyotes. I got to think. Uh, Mike Smith, he's, he's he is having a better season, but they're ever beatable. They have been playing better, but the Wild have been on a run. Put it this way, if the Wild lose this game, it'd be really disappointing. It would put a damper on such a wonderful six-game win streak. It would be really disappointing. But I do think the Wild achieves seventh heaven. Um, I, I mean, they just absolutely need to win this game today. That's all i got to say about that. Uh, Devin, or actually, Darcy Camper will be in net, so give him a chance here. The only way the Wild lose today, in my opinion, is if Darcy Kemper just turns into the the, the sieve that, that he occasionally can be. Kemper, I think this is a classic game where Kemper just steps up because he's not been in the net very much, and it's and he'll, and he'll look good today and it'll improve his stats, that type of thing, because he's definitely struggled for the Wild the past couple times around. This will be a nice little opportunity for him to step things up because a team that doesn't score that much, it's not going to be a high-scoring game. Mike Smith has been better, and again, Dave Tippett's a defensive coach. The Wild will win the game. I'll go three to one. Three to one. The Wild will beat the uh, Arizona Coyotes. I gotta get this Cardinal thing out of my head. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> it'll, it'll be an empty netter that'll make it three to one. Though the Wild will be up two to one for the longest time. It'll be more of a grinded out game like St. Louis, and uh, of course uh, Nashville ended up becoming more of a grinded out type of game down the stretch. Uh, much more than I mean, if the Florida game was a flat out blowout, blowout, <laughs> as Darren Pang would say. Um, most likely guy to score in this one, Zucker. Zucker, because this is closest to home, the closest thing to uh, Las Vegas. I know it's not over there, but I mean, I, I just have a feeling Zucker's going to score today, so he will get that. Now we go to Tuesday, December the 20th, the hated, dirty Colorado Avalanche. Oh, don't you just love them? Mm. Jerome McGinley's still playing. That's another old veteran for back in the day. And yes, he was drafted by the Dallas Stars many, many, many years ago, right after they moved to Dallas. 
<laughs> Matt Duchesne still leading the way. Nathan McKinnon, one of the highlight reel type players in this league. 21 points with Matt Duchesne leading the way for the Colorado Avalanche. And after that massive drop-off, a team, again, that doesn't score that much. Uh, man, Landis Gog, a hated member of this team, hasn't done a whole lot of anything. He's been out for a while as well. Uh, still at only nine points in the, on the season for him. Eric Johnson, one of the top defensemen, along with Tyson Berry, leading the way there. That's a good couple of defensemen for the <laughs> Colorado Avalanche. We've known about these guys forever. Don't really have to say a whole lot about this team. We all know them. We know what they're capable of. Uh, Calvin Pickard is actually the better goalie at this point. Neither one of them having a very strong season. Uh, if you see Varlamov in net, the Wild's chances of winning higher. <laughs> Calvin Pickard is the guy that's kind of given the Wild a hard time in the past. So, uh, mm, um, it's like... <laughs> I hope I hope it's not. I hope it's Simon Varlamov. Obviously, the Wild stalled him in the past. Remember, years ago, this guy was a pain in the ass to deal with. Uh, the frustrating part is the Wild have not won a game against Colorado this season. He had the one nothing loss real early in the year. That was devastating with Pickard in net. And then second time around, 3-2 to two loss, November the 19th, a little bit before Thanksgiving there. The Wild need to win this game. Um, they need to get going. Uh, Colorado is one of the worst teams in the Western Conference again, like they were for a while. <laughs> They're back to that again, despite the talent. The scary part is the draft picks they're going to get. Um, if you're going to win, if you're going to win a championship, you need great players at the top. They already have Nathan McKinnon, who's not really achieved quite at the level of some of these other guys out there, like you know, <laughs> like uh, McDavid and Austin Matthews and such. So, one more of those guys, and then you can start worrying a little bit. Kind of like how Edmonton, it took a couple tries. You had Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Adam Hall, guys like that, and then eventually they hit. Uh, hit uh, Pater with Connor McDavid. So we'll see what happens with Colorado in that stretch. The Wilds should win this game. And it's like, I, I, I don't know, can this team win eight in a row, though? My God. I mean, Colorado's only 11-17 and 17 on the year. I'm, I, I fear another very low-scoring game, though. Another really grinded-out type of performance. Devin Dubnik will be back in net, and I think that will, assist, uh, that will assure the Wild a victory this time. 2-1, to one, very low-scoring. Most likely guy to score. Should I say it again? Do I have to? I'm going to go with Hala. I'm, I'm going to break tradition. I, I go with Niederreiter every time because of that Hustor, that heroic goal. It's probably turning into a gag that's boring people at this stage. Varlamov has been out with, uh, has been day-to-day with a groin injury. That's one thing. And uh, Eric Johnson's out with a broken fibula, so that's definitely not good for the Colorado Avalanche. Unfortunately, Landestog is back around, though. That's the, that's the one thing, and he drives people nuts. Just try not to let him get to you guys, please. So, Varlamov, we'll see. I mean... I, I wouldn't doubt the whole groin situation. That might be why Varlamov has struggled all year. He's probably had that injury before. So he's probably had that injury for an extended period of time. I mean, those tend to last a long time. And then for a goalie, I mean, what's more important than the groin? I mean, uh, other than knees, I suppose. I mean, geez, it's pretty tough. But I think the Wild will get to eight wins in a row. I mean, uh, yes, I sound like a homer saying that, but I'm not a homer. The, the, the Wild are better than these clubs, and they'll take advantage of it. Colorado and Arizona are at the bottom of the Western Conference. If you lose these games, it's disappointing. Now we'll talk about losing games, shall we? Shall we do that? I I know it it sounds... I know. I mean, you don't want to say this. You don't want to come out and be defeatist about it. But (laughs) Montreal and New York, are you kidding me? On the road? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of got a sneaky feeling we got a two-game losing streak coming up here to to wrap up this week. You go against the, the bottom two in the East in the Western Conference, and then you go against two of the top teams in the East. Pittsburgh is the other one, but luckily the Wild have kicked their ass twice this year. That was awesome. Swept the Penguins in a huge way. But now you go against Max. Pastor Reddy with 24 points on the season, 12 goals. Oh, and by the way, a guy named Carey Price, too, who's one of the best goalies of all time. Well, when, when he's healthy. Uh, an MVP candidate every year. Is he, he's right now him and uh, him and uh, Devin Dubnik are the best goalies in the NHL. You even have a decent backup in Almontoya, who's not great. He's not having a great season, but I, I bet his confidence isn't too high because he's not going to get in a whole lot of games. Uh, Sixteen and four in the season, Carey Price. You'll probably see him in net, and if you see Almontoya, take advantage and win the game, please. <laughs> but Carey Price, similar to Devin Dubnik, snake bit late in games. So he's only got two shutouts on this season, despite a save percentage of 93.5 and goals against average just under two. 
spectacular season for Montreal, and you will see Canadian teams in the playoffs this year. Uh, last year, not one Canadian team made it. This year, you're going to see several. Um, you're going to see Montreal in, you're going to see Ottawa in, you're going to see Edmonton, and you're going to see Calgary for sure. So that's at least four teams will make the uh, the postseason from Canada. Toronto's not going to make it, and I think it is those four. You may also see a serious phenomenon take place with Detroit missing the playoffs for the first time since 89 89, not 99, not 2009. 2009 is a pretty good run of making the playoffs. 99 is an insane run making the playoffs. 89 is a <laughs> unthinkable, inconceivable run of making the postseason. Detroit will not make it this year. It's over. Detroit will not make the playoffs. Okay, that's just me saying it. But um, yeah, you got Shea Weber also leading the way over there in Montreal. Damn, I mean, so much talent there. I don't think the Wild will win the game. It's going to be a very low-scoring game with the two of the best goalies in the league. See, look, look, I go again with low-scoring, but I think Montreal is the better team at this point. Um, as good as the Wild have been, Montreal has been fantastic. Um, they're not that far ahead of the Wild, only four points. It is a road game, and I don't know. I don't really see the Wild. I mean, they, they never win in Montreal. The North Stars never won in Montreal. Just Minnesota-Montreal is not a good combination. I, I don't know. It, it's never been good. <laughs> you know? The Wild almost never win there, and the North Stars, I don't, re- I just, I, I don't even remember the North Stars winning there, maybe like once. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it's a good team. They're back to where they should be. The reason why they didn't make the playoffs last year is because Carey Price was hurt. This year, he's back, and he's the best goalie, just like Dubnik. <laughs> Him and Dubnik are the best goalies this year. Um, Tory Mitchell's still playing. He's actually having a strong season there in Montreal. He was traded over there years ago, and he's still still going strong. Good for him. 11 points on the season. For Tory Mitchell, not bad. And I'm bouncing all over the place. I think Montreal will win the game. No kidding. Uh, Marco Scandella will score against the Montreal Canadiens. That's where he's from. Marco Scandella will get will get a rare point. He will get a rare goal in this one. And good for him when he does. Because he, he has scored against Montreal in the past. And I've got a good feeling about that. But the Wild will not win the game. 3-2 to two, Montreal in regulation. The, it'll be a nice fought battle, but the Canadians will win 3-2, to two, or should I say 2-1, two 2-1 to one, two to one Montreal. It's going to be lower scoring. Marco Scandella will be the only goal scorer for the Wild against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the team with the best goals differential in the league. The Wild have the best goals differential in the Western Conference, and we appreciate that deeply. But the New York Rangers are back to being a cup contender again. Yes, they are. They are just tearing up the league right now in that category. Um, Antti Ranta, my goodness, he's, <laughs> you know, because for the longest time, see, the Rangers, it's like they have this franchise goalie, and they stick with him forever, even if he's not playing very well, e- even if he's not been very strong in the net, like Mike Richter, they kept him forever, and it's like, gosh, he just, you know, it seemed like he would always get beat, and, and it's just like, I don't know, they weren't like the the best goals ever, and, you know, he, he'd always give up two, three, four goals, or two, yeah, three, four goals, and they'd lose, like, playoff games. And then, yeah, you had a Mike Richter in the uh, Olympics. I didn't like that. That seemed to never go anywhere. Um, yeah, that's another stat I'm looking at. I just cannot believe. God, I can't believe what I'm looking at. But, oh, we'll get back to that in a second. But then you had, um, then you had uh, Henrik Lundqvist, who's, you know, he's, I got to think he's been he's he's been better than Mike Richter most of his career. In fact, he was downright outstanding when he was younger. But the last couple of years, he struggled, particularly in the playoffs. Just wasn't that great. They did make that cup run a couple of years ago, and he was very good in that. But overall, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, particularly since then, hadn't been so good. He's been better this year at Ante Ranta. My goodness, he's been he's been a nice strong backup for the New York uh, Rangers. Only, I mean, he's allowing one point six seven goals. He's eight and two on the season. That's an elite backup. <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, Lundqvist actually has been better this year than he was last year, and that's one of the reasons his Rangers team goal differentials off the charts. They are a plus 36 on the season, but what drives me insane is the other team that's also plus 36. Now, <laughs> Montreal is second in the league with a plus 20, 26. The Wild are also plus 26, so we're actually tied with Montreal now because of the, that 5-2 to two game. That's what changed things. But my God, Columbus is also a plus 36. I, I, I can't believe that. I mean, Columbus has been winning games. They, they've just been tearing up the league right now. Um, Columbus, I, I, I'm just blown away. Only two points behind Pittsburgh. Uh, one point behind the Rangers. Two points behind Montreal. Four teams that are just kicking ass over there. 
in the in the Eastern Conference. It is crazy hot. Any one of them might go all the way and win the cup this year. Uh, you know, and Columbus might win the cup. They they won't, but I'm just saying. Uh, New York Rangers though, scoring all over the place. Uh, Derek Stepan leading the uh, and one one of the leaders. Uh, J T Miller, Ke- Kevin Hayes, all in the low twenties. Matt Zer- Zuccarello also. Rick Nash still hanging around. I mean, she's. I mean, you have. It's just a load of players. None of them with dominant, dominant numbers, but they're all good. They're all very good. They're all in that coil Niederreiter range, literally. Uh, stall coil Niederreiter. Nobody's you know got thirty points or anything, but it's just consistency. Like at least three lines down, they're very strong, and all the way down to their fourth line, all the way down to the fourth line. You have guys with double-digit points in the season. The Wild aren't anywhere near that <laughs> in, in our fourth line. <laughs> Gravox got two goals in the season, and that's it. Gabriel, one is Gabriel, one assist, but he hasn't been here that long. And Stewart's got, what, seven points in the season, or is it eight now? Jeez. Um, <laughs> New York. It's just depth, depth, and depth, and depth, and depth. And, of course, depth and goalie. This team probably should be the favorites to win it all. I think the Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup right now. This could change, but this should this team, if they stay healthy, should win the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, you have depth like this. This is why Pittsburgh won it last year, because of all the depth. You go all the way from Sidney Crosby down to Matt Cullen. I mean, and it was just talent all the way down. I mean, it was unbelievable. Third line, Matt Cullen. Fourth line players on that team that were great. Uh, even with Pascal Dupuis having to retire. Still a great team, um, as long as guys stay healthy with them. But I, I think the Rangers right now should be the favorites to win it. Um... I think the Rangers will win the game. The Rangers will win the game. Uh, 3-2 to two Rangers regulation. This will be a little bit higher scoring. 3-2 to two victory, slightly higher scoring game. You're not going to see, you're, I don't think you're going to see any five-goal games for the Wild. The only time you might, might be today against Arizona or hopefully Colorado. But Colorado's better defensively, and Arizona usually is good defensively, but they have a couple gaffes here and there. Um, but the Wild will lose 4-2, to two, and you'll have a 500 week this week, unfortunately, for the Minnesota Wild, which will end an eight-game win streak with a two-game losing streak. So, yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not a, going to be a barrier, barrier, barrier of bad news, but you're playing against two of the best teams in the league on the road. I'm not really confident going into New York or into Montreal right now, but we'll see. Let's get to the, the prospects. Dmitry Sokolov, the Dmitry Sokolov watch. Wow, 30 points on the year in only 29 games to the Sudbury Wolves. Just dominating down there. 22 goals, 8 assists for Dmitry Sokolov. Got to love what's going on there. Oh, let's check out Luke Kuhn in here in a second, but we'll also look at the Iowa Wild. Another, again, should I say it again? Low scoring. <laughs> Extremely low scoring week. Iowa Wild winning games 2 to 1, 1 nothing. And they're back to almost 500 down there. They're really kind of improving. Um, they're, back, they're only one game under 500 at this stage 12, 13, and 1 on the season. Steve McCulloch down to 2.91. And uh, goals against average. Alex Stalock down at 2.88. Goals against average. Very strong defense. Good goaltending down there in Iowa. Very nice turn of events. They're not scoring anymore, which is kind of frustrating, but they're winning some games, and their goalies are, are just being fantastic. <laughs> you got to love what's happening. Jordan Schrader still leading the way with 17 points now as he's quietly been adding points. Uh, Mike Riley with his third goal just recently, yesterday, with a victory. Um, leading that team there. 11 points for Mike Riley down there. What sucks is he's just not... A, you know, there's two guys here that I think could and should be at the NHL level. It's kind of sad but it is what it is because Foline's playing well and Nate Prosser, they don't want to get rid of him. And, they, and Nate Prosser at the same time, is he's, he's the guy that's willing to accept being scratched many times. So he's, you know, as the seventh defenseman, so to speak. When you have a Mike Riley or Gustav Olsen, you kind of want them on the, you want them in the top six. And right now they're going to have a hell of a time getting there, at least for the moment, when you have Foline playing as well as he has. And Dumba, you know, this tells me somebody's going to be gone, obviously in the whole Las Vegas thing, and you'll probably also see somebody traded possibly for a forward in the offseason or before the trade deadline. There's there's going to be some significant move coming up very soon, i got to think. Um, Luke Coonan with 11 goals in only 16 games. Remember, I mean, that's what he's known as, as a sniper. Uh, his sophomore year there with Wisconsin, 17 points on the season in 16 games for the Big Ten's University of Wisconsin, and the Big Ten season hasn't started yet, so we'll see how things go as things will get tougher when we head into the Big Ten even though sometimes these teams play pretty good, pretty good programs when they're in their non-conference schedule. But uh, nice to see Luke Kunin taking advantage and scoring both Sokolov and Kunin, goal scorers. And it's been a very big positive 
for the Minnesota Wild and their the, the whole prospects there. Uh, Jordan Greenway, 16 points in 16 games for Boston University in his sophomore year. Wow, just very, very encouraging to see the number two pick there for the Wild last season, playing as well as he is. Alex Tuck, 15 points for the Iowa Wild store still at this stage. He scored a goal recently, 15 points in the season for Alex Tuck at the Iowa range. I <laughs> At the Iowa level, I'll say. Just one step away from the NHL. So important, uh, important <laughs> prospects for the Wild along the way. Let's check in on a couple of Gophers. Boca and Sadik might as well just talk about them very briefly. Uh, just like Nick Steeler, right, with the <laughs> down in Iowa. Stay-at-home defenseman, I mean, Boca, seventh round, or sixth round pick for the Wild in 15. Only one goal, one assist in 15 games. Very, very nondescript so far. Yeah, Sealer still at only one point. <laughs> it took forever to get there. Uh, Jack Sadik, the seventh round pick two years ago, or a year and a half ago, I guess, from Lakeville. He also stay-at-home-ish, but, uh, but three points in 13 games. Ooh, a little bit more going on. <laughs> very uh, very defensive-minded stay-at-home guys. For the Gophers there, but hey, they're they're doing a good job, and I'm sure they appreciate it very much. So there it is, for the moment. We'll we'll dig around in other areas at a different time, but this is the direction I wanted to go for this show. Let's check in. Let's check in on some fan interaction. First and foremost, we'll talk about the Twitter account very briefly at Brave the Wild. Simply go there and give that a follow. It would be greatly appreciated. No interaction on there this week, but for Facebook, you have Facebook.com forward slash Brave. The Wild, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. I mentioned that I knew the Canadian trip would be a start for something positive, but my goodness, here we go. This team is playing so amazing right now. Even Granlin has 20 points already this season. Let that sink in. Something very nice is happening right now. And that generated, a, well, people were very happy about it. Uh, Benny Allen out of Australia says, Granny is on fire on the wing, even his connection with Zucker has been unexpected, and it's been awesome. It's been an awesome, awesome uh, chemistry with those guys. That that second line should not be touched. Leave it alone. That second line has been awesome. Uh, the, the chemistry is spectacular. Koivu's doing everything he needs to with that line. Strong defense. That one-timer shot has been super valuable. Uh, and the passing, Granlin, Zucker. Oh, my goodness. Um, he says, mainly because I didn't rate Zucker after last year. And, yeah, Zucker... I thought he was gone. I thought, I mean, <clears throat> but you figure, I mean, he had one last year. One last year to bring him back because what do you have to lose? His trade value is pretty low at the moment. Um, let him build it up if you have to trade him. Or, unfortunately, the odds of him going to Las Vegas might be high. We'll see, though. It depends on who the Wild are able to protect in that situation. That, that Las Vegas situation is tough. Um, the Wild got mostly scraps and scrubs and veterans that, that, you know, with big contracts, big, bigger contracts that people didn't want to keep anymore and they could barely play anymore. They're really old. They picked up a couple gems like West Walls, Jim Dowd and such. They were guys that deserved more playing time than they got. But this this Vegas situation, they're going to be, they're going to get some good players this time and they're going to get one of those Pittsburgh goalies. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if they get Andy Murray, oh my God! But I, I gotta think of uh, Pittsburgh smart though. They'll do some type of handshake deal with the Vegas uh, Golden Knights, so the yeah, so they don't lose Andy Murray. Because if they lose Andy Murray, they're not going to win another cup for many years. They keep Andy Murray, they might win another one pretty soon. Um, and then a little conversation with uh, Michelle Prisoner and Benny. So we'll leave, we'll leave that as it is. It's cool that they had that little conversation there, though. Want to thank Benny for his interaction. Hope to hear from you more and more, Benny. That would be great. Uh, would like a call in from somebody. Even Benny could do it too. Hey, I, I got a call into Scott. I got a call from Scotland last year on Purple Mafia, so it can be done via audio submission. First and foremost, though, there is the regular call in line, which is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Brave the Wild or your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Have it maybe one to three minutes, anything like that. Just keep it on topic as best you can um, and get to the point, that type of thing, which sometimes I need to also, <laughs> but I try to do a good job of that. Uh, that's the one way to get in is calling from your cell phone. Then there's the Call Now button for international people out there or just somebody who wants to just hit the Call Now button and not have to save it on their phone via the Facebook page, Brave the Wild at Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. All this information will be in the show description anyway on uh, iTunes, Double Twisted Stitcher. Um, 
but yeah, the, the call now button, it's, it, go, it works with uh, Facebook Messenger, goes directly to the same line. And then there's the audio submission route where you can use your smartphone, smart device, iPod, iPad, iPhone, <laughs> Android, Samsung, LG, Windows phone, whatever it is. Everything has a, has a uh, sound recorder and they're free, whatever. So takes a couple seconds. Treat it the same as a phone call, like just record it on your phone like a phone call. And then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com want to thank all of you for your inclusion on the show your listenership your loyalty i do apologize i should have mentioned this at the beginning but i do apologize for the strange happening last week where the show link was doubled and it created some type of repeating effect which literally was the show playing twice on top of itself why i didn't mention that at the beginning of the show is beyond me but um, i'm mentioning it now much later and i do do deeply apologize for what took place there I tried re-uploading the show about three or four times, and it would not stop. Um, I, I almost want to delete it, but at this, but the thing is, for those of you with double twist, it would work still perfectly. And if you wanted to listen to it on the web at thesportstuff.com or even via HipCast, you can do it that way. Um, that's the only other way to do it, I suppose, at this stage. So via HipCast, you could listen to it too if that took place. If you want to go back to it, if you're an iTunes user... If you still want to go back to it and hear it like normally with 41 minutes instead of one hour and 22 minutes, which is kind of goofy and weird. Uh, again, I apologize deeply for that. It's just pisses me off that it happened. Um, so it's happened once ever, but I mean, of course, it all, all three of my shows had it happen last weekend with the Timberwolves, Brave the Wild, and Purple Mafia. I still don't know why it happened, but it did. Uh, here we are today. Uh, yesterday I recorded Timberwolves Explosion. It came up perfectly fine. So hopefully this one has as well. Thanks again for your listenership. Please do uh, give Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. If you could, it would be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a shout out and a thank you on the air. Appreciate you all very much. Please tell your friends about this show if you could. Like and follow the Facebook page and Twitter if you could. Thank you again. We'll be back hopefully with the Wild, maybe with a winning record, if they're able to pull off something pretty awesome on the road next week.